This is the JT and Looney podcast. Hold on, let me get a chair and my set my coffee up. Two seconds. Episode 10. It's the right thing to do, right move to make. Magic Johnson on Tuesday night quit on the Los Angeles Lakers. Tom Looney professionally covered the Lakers in the Lakers locker room as a talk show host for years. Looney, this had to take you by surprise. How shocking was this? Took everybody by surprise, even my sources within the Lakers. Had no idea it was coming. Everyone was, it was the last Lakers last game of the season. People were there at Staples Center, the muckety mucks and genies room. There's a special room called genies room where rich people go and eat lobster before games. Nobody in there knew it. Genie usually hangs out in genies room. Here's another part of uh, the cowardly act from Magic Johnson. It was one of those rare games that Jeannie wasn't going to attend. So he wasn't, he didn't even have to worry about seeing her face to face that night. She was flying out to some owners meetings and couldn't be there. And Magic, of course, knew that. So he knew that he could do this surprise uh, ambush and he wouldn't even have to look her in the face. She doesn't know I'm standing here because I know I would be crying like a, a baby in front of her. For years, I've been using the term gutless. Right. And this was Ooh. one of the more gutless moves by a man that I could ever recall. It was so pathetic and so beneath Magic Johnson that I really believe it defines media. It's going to define Laker fans going forward because Laker fans now have to be very uncomfortable by this decision because Magic Johnson's their hero, one of the greatest Lakers and NBA players of all time. And the way that Magic handled this, I talked to one of my sources who told me that don't be surprised if something bigger comes down over the next couple of days or next couple of weeks in regards to Magic Johnson. So you know, no need to speculate here because I remember covering Magic Johnson when he announced he was HIV positive right. and shocked the world with that news. I remember that day and how so he clearly. brought people together and became a hero, not only in Los Angeles and the United States because of HIV and AIDS, but he became a global hero around the world for his bravery and what he did to help people who were suffering. So Magic Johnson has had so many great moments in his life from winning a national championship at Michigan State to playing on the dream team for the championships with the Lakers. But he was a terrible head coach who quit early. Remember, when the going got tough, when Magic was a head coach, he looked at it all and didn't like it. And now, before the last game of the year, while Dirk Nowitzki and Dwayne Wade are supposed to get the NBA spotlight, he walks into the bowels of Staples Center. Nobody is aware of what's happening and does this not only to the Laker fans globally, but did it to the NBA world and especially the NBA media who had no idea about this and had to rally and had to run to their laptops and get to their phones and call their editors and assignment desks and find a way to spin this story. Because guess what? Once again, NBA insiders missed the boat on what was the biggest waste of time this year, LeBron James tied into magic johnson well parenthetically here because of the goodwill he built up from that day of his hiv announcement he's almost been bulletproof because i remember that day somebody left a message on my machine i rushed home and that was before we had 500 channels it was the biggest news event i had ever seen in my life at that point i've always been a media geek 
Drove home to my beachside apartment in Venice Beach, California. Was I a rich guy? No. I managed an apartment building and lived for free. And that uh, was one of the coolest gigs I ever had. And I went up into my uh, apartment and I it was on channel two, three, four, five, seven, nine, eleven. Uh, it was uh, and on channel 15 at the time, because I think with cable, you only had like 30 channels at the time. 15 was prime ticket. So it was on you know, two through 15 because it was a local story. It was a national story. 15 was prime ticket. Oh, and one of those 15 was ESPN. It was the first time I had ever seen any event on every channel period. And everyone was so depressed because everyone had heard what the announcement was going to be about. And then magic came out with that smile and made everyone feel better. And so, oh my God, maybe his greatest moment. And so he is lucky because he probably won't be judged on his failures, which you just listed. And like Michael Jordan was never, we never talk about the Washington Wizards years. Magic will likely be judged on his accomplishments and on his goodwill. But that may be, uh, Tuesday night may have been his worst moment. One more comment on Magic's HIV announcement. It was November 8th, 1991. I'm a stockbroker living in San Diego, California. And that morning I had appointments where I was meeting prospective clients that I cold called. And I remember sitting, and I don't know exactly where it was, but it was in National City or Chula Vista. And I was in the waiting room uh, to, to meet a prospective client. And I remember sitting in the waiting room and watching it on television. And the gentleman I was about to sit down with said, do you mind if we watch this first? So I remember where I was in a suit, not in broadcasting, and waiting to meet someone to try to open up a stock brokerage account. And we paused and looked up at the television and watched the announcement. And again, Magic at that time won over the world. So fast forward to this past Tuesday night where he quit. And again, that's the key to this podcast. I have one it's quick a... thing, note. One, one quick note there, because people who are younger than us are, who are listening, I have an uncle who was HIV positive and died recently. You know why he died? Because he was 86. Since, remember, we thought that was a death sentence with, for Magic Johnson. We thought Absolutely. we were going to watch this big, beautiful, smiling person slowly die before us, and it never happened. But because of him, he and Liz Taylor, both brought a lot of uh, uh, millions and millions of dollars into research and development of drugs, which now have people living a normal life. And he, so that he changed the face. A lot of people before that thought, well, I don't know any gay people because it was before people were coming out. And I don't know any people who use, uh, uh, who use intravenous drugs. So it was for others. And then he put a familiar, smiling, beloved, masculine face on what people just thought was a, a, a gay virus, and it changed the world. Yeah, Magic's done a lot of great things yeah. in his life, especially as a businessman, as we talked about what yeah. he's done in the African-American community. Putting Starbucks in, in, in black neighborhoods, which there was never any before he said Black people drink coffee, too, and went to Starbucks and started a bunch of franchises. So here's how I, I see this story and how, how it developed. And what we like to do on this podcast is talk about what is next. So I believe that magic quit. There's no other way to spin it. Nope. And this happened in, be, in part because LeBron James and his agent, Rich Paul, 
tried to orchestrate a trade with the New Orleans Pelicans for Anthony Davis. And the Lakers tried to push the Pelicans into a trade scenario that they were not comfortable with. And this brought about the perception of tampering for Magic Johnson and the Lakers organization. And the wheels began to come off. And remember, every player after that trade scenario was thrown out by Woj and ESPN and Fox and everybody else. Every Laker player, Tom, at that moment realized that they were trade bait. And after LeBron returned from his groin injury, it was too late for the team to go on a run to make the playoffs or even be competitive. So this goes back to Magic Johnson losing control of LeBron James, in my opinion, and Rich Paul as they went after Anthony Davis. I'm sure Magic Johnson was on board. He wanted to go after Anthony Davis too. But Tom, Magic didn't have a plan. He didn't sit down in the boardroom for months, crunching numbers, looking at scenarios. They just threw it out there and it backfired right in their face. Well, uh, you bring a great point as far as this is concerned about Magic not having a plan. Magic, uh, guys who do these type of jobs uh, work 18 hours a day and they make lists of pros and cons. Long, long, long lists of pros and cons. It's hard work. And what he really should have said, if he was honest at the press conference, is this is too much work. I did all my work in my younger years, and now I want to go uh, to the Amalfi Coast on my yacht with Samuel L. Jackson for two weeks coming up this summer like I do every summer. You know how every August the Bushes, the entire clan, goes to Kennebunkport, Maine? Well, Magic for years has been doing the same thing with a bunch of rich friends on his yacht. And he wants to continue to do that. And that's okay. He doesn't want to work that hard because he doesn't have to because he's already worked hard enough. And that would have been the honest press conference. But JT, in 1979, Magic Johnson sat in the locker room after having won the national championship game for Michigan State. And he said those magic words, I be going pro. (laughs) From that moment, he's been a superhero in L.A. The Lakers had the number one pick that year, and Laker fans knew it was going to be him, uh, Magic Johnson, wearing purple and gold. And some would say he's been a superhero in L.A. to L.A. sports fans since that moment. An example of what an athlete can accomplish as well in post-retirement, as you mentioned. So he doesn't owe Los Angeles and Laker fans anything, but he did owe his little sister Jeannie a face-to-face meeting before He told the world he was quitting his job. It was so pathetic that Magic Johnson didn't give Jeannie Buss a heads up. And the way he did it Uh. at work, I mean, most Americans who get fired or quit, and most Americans and most people around the world when they change jobs, unfortunately, is because they get let go and they have to go in another direction. And typically you have to sit down with a boss. There's human resources. You have to sign paperwork. When people quit, you always see those scenarios in the movies where someone wins the lottery and they're at their desk right. and they go, I'm quitting. I'm going to walk by my boss's office and I'm going to flip them off and I'm going to quit that day. Magic Johnson did something that was so unique that I don't think most people can comprehend what he actually did. He showed up to work as the president of basketball operations. No one in the building, to his credit, I mean, if you, if you want to say one thing, he kept it tight. Nobody right. knew from the beat oh writers. <laughs> no one knew from the staff, the valet. Nobody knew. I'm so sure Cookie walking, didn't even know. Yeah, he's walking through the tunnel, and he sees Rachel Nichols, and he saw Bill Walton. I want to get to that because Bill Walton was there. 
And I pointed out to my wife, because I'm friends with Bill Walton, and I think Luke Walton's a really good coach. And I said, you know why Bill's there? Big Red is there because he knows his son is going to get fired immediately after the game or tomorrow. And one of the greatest players in all in the history of the NBA and college, Bill Walton, was there to support his son because he knew it was probably his last day ever as the head coach of the Lakers. And Magic said hi to Bill and everybody else and then called the media together and basically said that he couldn't do it face-to-face with Jeannie because she's like a sister to him, and he would have started crying. So he did it in front of mostly strangers and people holding cameras who we can't even tell you their name, and he didn't have the guts. He wasn't man enough to go up to Jeannie and say, I'm about to do this. I know you're not going to like it. I know you're going to try to talk me out of this, but I love you. Our relationship will always be strong, but please give me the ability to do this. He didn't even have the guts. Irvin Magic Johnson, a guy who we think is a hero for bouncing a basketball, treated a woman that way, his boss, in the work environment. I was shocked. Well, and there might be some more things coming out about that. As you mentioned earlier on, you gave a hint that there may be more to this story. Uh, Kurt Heelan, probasketballtalk.com. Yeah. Kurt Heelan, one of our favorites over the years. He had mentioned there may be some sexual harassment issues at work, et cetera, coming down the line that we haven't heard the last of this story. So some would say maybe Magic Johnson was trying to get out in front of the story, separate himself. Once again, being a hero, JT, separating himself from the Laker organization. So if anything of an, a tawdry nature comes out in the future, about Magic Johnson and his behavior in the workplace, he'll be just an individual citizen and no longer the president and the face of the Los Angeles Lakers. But you're always, you know, if you're Magic Johnson, you're always going to be the face of the LA Lakers. So that doesn't matter. That's no excuse. He should, if, if Jeannie was out of town, which she was, one of the rare times she wasn't going to be at a Laker game, he could have FaceTimed her. You can still FaceTime people. Uh, we have the well, technology now. I knew you were going to be sad for one other reason that we got to bring up that you won't hear on any other podcast. Well, what's that? Is the fact that you knew that this was going to put Jerry West back into the spotlight as a great all-time Laker executive and president of basketball operations because Jerry West sticks it out, wins championships, wants to get hired and does get hired by other teams. He's a part of the Warriors organization, now the Clippers, legend with the Lakers, Memphis Grizzlies, and everybody ran to their microphone to say, Jerry West wouldn't have done this. Jerry West was a great president of basketball operations, and I was sitting on my couch thinking of Tom Looney going, oh, (laughs) Looney's going to have to comment on the history of Jerry West. And now people are suggesting Jerry West needs to come in to give the Los Angeles Lakers some (laughs) sense of stability. He's 80. He hasn't left his apartment in Marina Del Rey in 10 years. He was a consultant with the Warriors, and so whenever the Warriors made a decision over the years, they called Jerry West. He'd say, yeah, yeah, that sounds good. You know, one of those great, oh, my God, I've always wanted a consultant job, right? You sit home and you say, you, you suggest obvious things. And now he's doing the same thing with the Clippers, who got rid of all their great players, and now nobody can name any of their players. Oh, yeah, they, <laughs> they got rid of Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, and DeAndre Jordan, and now they have Cephalosha, which sounds like a disease. So, yeah, yeah, he's been great with the Clippers. Yeah, get Jerry West. Jerry West. 
great reputation, but he's also 80. He will not be the next face of the Lakers. What I think is interesting about Magic Johnson going forward, depending on what happens next in his personal life, is the Lakers are in disarray. And as I've been saying for months about this, to me, this is a really big story because it was the failure of the media when this you know, marriage between Magic and LeBron James happened. I credit my wife again, and I think I did on an earlier podcast, when this was announced that LeBron was coming to the Lakers and Rajon Rondo was going to be there, and a guy by the name of Lance Stevenson, and let's not forget Lonzo Ball and his dad, LeVar. My wife, who you know well, said to me, oh, that's going to work. What a circus. Who thinks that's going to work? And I looked at her and I said, well, what do you mean? And she rattled off those names. She was talking about who's going to be on this team <laughs> at one point. And I was like, you're right. This will never work because the roster isn't any good. Everybody was hoping that Rondo would be a great teammate. Everybody was hoping that Lance Stevenson, who used to blow in LeBron's ear to try to aggravate him, would be a great teammate. Everybody was hoping that LeVar Ball would be quiet and Lonzo would be healthy. It didn't work out that way. And then LeBron had the groin injury and missed well, 17 games. To... That, that, that chemistry was fine. They all played well together. Uh, LeBron James loves the way Lonzo Ball plays, and Lonzo's only going to get better. Uh, Lonzo Ball's father did stay quiet, but it doesn't matter. Bill uh, Luke Walton, the head coach, uh, he's he knows how to deal with crazy fathers. He has one, and Luke Walton isn't afraid of loud black people. He used to play in the NBA, and neither is Magic Johnson, and neither is LeBron James. LeBron James would have loved to have a father that was interested in his life, but he didn't have one. So there was nothing about the uh, Lonzo Ball or his father that was going to bother anybody in the Los Angeles Laker organizations. It, it, that <laughs> Lonzo Ball's father bothers people who live in Iowa but he doesn't bother tough guys who live in the NBA or black guys who aren't afraid of loud black people. So I, I, I thought the ball argument didn't work. Rajon Rondo was, did play great when he played. And the Lakers, up until Christmas Day when they were healthy, had the third best record in the NBA and, and blew out the Golden State Warriors. But then LeBron with the groin injury on Christmas Day and it was never the same after that. The injury bug got to Lakers. I think it was 125 injuries or 225 injuries, some crazy number this year. That was the reason the Lakers were no good. They weren't in chaos because of Magic or Luke or Lonzo Ball or his father. They were in chaos because of injuries. Well, I like to dip the podcast in reality. Okay. <laughs> 37 and 45, the record for the Lakers. 20 games, 20 games. They only play 82, 20 games out of first place. But to LeBron's credit. Did I sound like a Laker employee there? <laughs> yeah, he averaged over 27 points, 27.4 points a game. He had 8.5 rebounds and 8.3 assists for an aging, iconic superstar. So you're right about that. LeBron got injured, but when he did play, he put up some really big stats. Yeah, now it's going to be LeBron's goal to get healthy in the offseason completely. Oh, let's get to that because, you know, Magic Johnson quit. That's the title of this podcast, that he quit on the Lakers. Well, LeBron James also quit because he quit because he could have played down the stretch. He wasn't 100%. Football players might be 60%, 70%, 80%. LeBron James worked through the groin injury to come back and put up some really good numbers, and then he shut it down 
at the end of the regular season, again, for what reason? So he could rest in the offseason and get completely healthy. LeBron didn't want to quit. And then the Lakers, who are stuck in this vacuum, said that they made the decision for LeBron James not to play the remaining last couple of weeks of the season. LeBron should have went out there. His old man best friend, Dwayne Wade, old man Dwayne Wade, was putting up 30, 31 in his last games. Uh, Dwayne Wade is it at 100%. LeBron could have played 16 minutes, 19 minutes, 12 minutes, put his uniform on, went through the layup line, and he decided to quit also. So this Lakers story is really bizarre to me because two of the greatest competitors in NBA history, Irvin Magic Johnson and LeBron James, both quit on the Lakers in the last two weeks. So what's next for the Lakers this summer? Well, this is the most important. I've been saying this as we talked about it in other platforms with the Raiders, with John Gruden, with three first round draft picks. It's the most important Raider draft of all time, dating back to Al Davis when he was building the Raiders and had great draft picks because they never had three in the first round and were a team coming off a really bad season like this. So for the Lakers, it becomes an offseason where they have to accomplish one goal. They need to bring in a free agent to play for LeBron James. They should be able to do that, but it's not going to be Clay Thompson. It's not going to be, I don't want to say it's not going to be Kyrie Irving because the Lakers are going to speak with Kyrie Irving and anything could happen there. Yeah, they, they are. And and as, as a kid, he always wanted to be a Laker. He almost became a Laker a couple of years ago. A lot of people don't know that. And he made nice with LeBron. For what reason? Over the course of the past year? Because, because he was thinking, hey, Maybe I can go out to L.A. and do that with LeBron like we did in Cleveland. He he looked back with the precious wisdom of 2020 hindsight and said, hey, all in all, that was fun winning championships with LeBron. I'll deal with him. So don't be surprised if it's Kyrie Irving or Kawhi Leonard. That whole narrative. Remember the narrative that LeBron James might like playing in Philadelphia? That was all made up. So is the narrative <laughs> that Kawhi Leonard dreams of being a clipper. He grew up in Southern California where no child ever dreams of being an L.A. Clipper. Don't be surprised if Kawhi Leonard is wearing a Los Angeles Laker uniform. Yeah, I'd be surprised. I don't think he's going to do it. I think Toronto's making a great push to keep him. And I think the Clippers, because their owner is much richer than Jeannie Bust, which is Mr. Balmer, Steve Balmer. Oh, my God. Microsoft yeah. billionaire. And I think he's going to make a big push. But. I wanted to get to Anthony Davis for a second because the reason this all unraveled was Anthony Davis, who played his last, he didn't play in his last home game with the Pelicans. Wow, what, what a bad look. And he showed up with a Looney Tunes t-shirt on that said, that's all folks. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, and, my God. How? <laughs> and he's got such a great reputation. Don't do, you know, people don't always remember how you, you enter the room. They remember how you leave. That's a bad look. It was a really bad look. So Anthony Davis, to me, is still the X factor because he now owes LeBron James. If you want to be friends with LeBron and you want to get in LeBron's world, remember Anthony Davis, we talked about it a few weeks ago on the podcast. He showed up on LeBron's HBO show, The Shop, where they had Antonio Brown, who was you know the Raiders and the Pittsburgh drama story, and Anthony right. Davis was there. And I really believe, as we record this podcast, episode 10, that – Anthony Davis wants to do good by LeBron because LeBron's the next big, big mega multi-platform media superstar other than Michael Jordan. So if Anthony Davis now wants to go to LA, I believe the Pelicans 
are going to say, screw you. We have all the leverage now. Magic quit. LeBron's older. Those assets, we don't love them. And we need a draft pick. And we want three or four of those players instead of two or three of those players. So the deal, remember, Tom, Anthony Davis needs to be traded. He's not a free agent. That's what made this whole move so spectacular. And Anthony Davis had all of 2019 when the Lakers tried to perform the Palace coup against Alvin Gentry in New Orleans, where they take down statues now, and they're doing all the right things there. They tried to go after New Orleans and put them out of business. New Orleans fired Dell Demps. They held their ground, and now they have all the leverage, and Anthony Davis is going to have to find a way to play somewhere else next year if he gets traded and then end up with LeBron via free agency. This is going to be really risky for Jeannie and the Lakers now trying to unlock Anthony Davis and bring him to L.A. Nice little speech, but you just disrespected Kobe, and I couldn't hear any of it because you said Anthony Davis wants to join the multimedia star, the biggest multimedia star there is in LeBron James with no disrespect to Michael Jordan. No, Michael Jordan's not a multimedia star. How many Oscars does Michael Jordan have? Kobe has won this NBA retirement. Kobe's bigger than Michael Jordan now. Kobe has won an Academy Award. Anthony Davis wants to be near Kobe, the biggest multimedia star there is when it comes to post-NBA retirement. The greatest achievements in post-NBA retirement ever with a wink and a nod to Magic Johnson. I think Anthony Davis wants to be near Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, and, oh yeah, LeBron James. None of this has anything to do with Michael Jordan. Leave my stop. You know, why do people feel like they always need to throw a bone to Michael Jordan where there's no bone necessary? Come on. Bob Myers is the GM of the Warriors, mm-hmm. and he's a part of building that dynasty. He has a lot to do with it. The players, what they've done is incredible up there. Bob Myers went to UCLA. He's really tight with Jeannie and the organization. And I the Lakers where you're are going to write a blank track. They're going to write a blank check and they're going to try to get him away from the Warriors, which could be tough because, you know, I like shiny new arenas. Yes. The Warriors are moving (laughs) into a new arena. I'll get to that in a second. But if Jeannie Buss can land Bob Myers, then Bob Myers has the control in the league to go out there because he's such a good guy. If I'm interviewing him in the past, he just lights up the room and he can get that meeting with the Pelicans or any free agent and talk about building what he did with the Warriors in Los Angeles if he wants to work with LeBron James. But, hey, Tom, we talked about Magic Johnson not wanting to work. He quit on the Lakers because this summer he wanted to be on a yacht with Samuel L. Jackson off the Amalfi Coast. Right. Well, the same goes for LeBron this summer. He likes to go away with the wife and family, a little brawny, and go around the world too. (laughs) He's going to have to stay at home and get on the Laker private jet and start recruiting players who the media leads us to believe They don't want to play with LeBron James. Do you think LeBron can get Kobe, Kobe, your guy, on the Laker jet and start flying around the country and giving pitches to these free agents to come to play in L.A.? I think think LeBron would love that because LeBron's never done that. LeBron, who dubbed himself the king, or someone in the media did, but that is his title, he likes people to come to him. Kings don't go to people. People go to kings. And so anytime he's done some soft recruiting over the years, he's usually done it by having people come to him, inviting people over, et cetera. So, yes, LeBron would like to have Kobe do that because that way Kobe, who is not a king, according to LeBron, uh, Kobe could fly 
around and meet people and recruit. And I think Kobe would do it if Kobe's not too busy with his multimedia empire, because Kobe's a guy, as you know, who not only has big goals, but he knows when he's going to accomplishment, accomplish them. And supposedly some of the things he's working on, he's got dates and release dates and he's got dates up in his office. And when he needs to do things, Kobe might be too busy. Well, as we wrap up this podcast, as I'm sitting at home and Tom Looney's sitting in Los Angeles and I'm in Vegas, and we really thank the fact that you've been reviewing this podcast and liking it, and it's only going to get better. I'd like to take a shot at the LA media as we go out, because we're just on a podcast. We're not on ESPN giving our thoughts on this and makeup, and we're not here writing these columns for the LA Times. There are a handful of people I respect in LA media, Bill Platsky, friend of the show, uh, George Sedano, one of our very good friends yep. on and off the air, but most of the LA media should be ashamed of themselves for the way that they've handled this. They were part of the greeting committee that met LeBron at the airport with roses and said, this guy is going to make my radio show or TV show easier. Every day I'm going to wake up and have a coffee and talk about LeBron, 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 and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to expect everybody to listen, download it, and talk about it. It didn't work. It was one of the biggest waste of time in the history of Los Angeles media. Nobody saw this coming, and to give everybody a pass, no one knew that Magic was going to quit. But everybody who went all in on LeBron and are now kicking LeBron while he's down on the curb somewhere in Santa Monica or Beverly Hills, shameful. It didn't work out the way a lot of people thought it would work out, Tom. So what they're doing now, like a stock, a stock that they bought at $50 a share and it went to hundred and it went to 150 and now it's coming down and it's back to 70 and it's going to go back to 60 and maybe near the original price of 50. And the brokers are saying, sell, sell, get out now. Have you noticed LA media is now bailing on LeBron James, talking about trading him, talking oh, about the fact that he's not a leader. I'm loving watching this. Well, not that many people are talking about trading him, but, but because it really perks up ears, there are some who are. But just like during the steroid era, we kept you and I kept talking about steroids on the radio over the years when everyone else stopped because it was one of the number one stories. You can't, as you know, you can't, avoid talking about the number one story. When LeBron James comes to your city, it's going to be the number one story, win or lose. So they have to talk about LeBron James and the LA media because LeBron James is in town. And if he is, you're going to talk about him. Hey, it's, uh, it's Tiger. Tom, thanks a lot. I'm going to get back to bitching and moaning about watching the Masters on my tablet and on my phone because the TV gods at CBS won't give us Again? live coverage. They won't enable us. The gods, they play God with my life on the Thursday, Friday of the Masters, and they say, JT, you live in the Pacific time zone, so you have to go on your tablet, your computer, and on your phone to masters.com and watch it that way because we, the TV gods at CBS and the executives behind the gates at Augusta National won't allow me and the Golf Channel to have full coverage from the first hole and the first golfer all the way to the last golfer because they want to play God with my TV viewing experience. You've been yelling about that for 10 years and they haven't changed it. Do you th are there any plans to change that? 
Well, what they've done is they, they've upgraded the app. If you go to masters.com, you can put it on a tablet, connect it to your TV. You can do certain things, but it's about those TV executives and the people who used to not allow women to play golf at Augusta. Right, but so it seems Remember? to be, right, yeah, people that age wouldn't even have an app. <laughs> you know, the people from, from 50 years ago who wouldn't let right. African-Americans play golf yep. at Augusta National and become members, and it took Condoleezza Rice to become a member, those people still to this day make me have to go online to watch Tiger Woods tee off in the morning because they want to play God with me instead of just turning it over to Golf Channel early in the morning and letting us watch. What's Tiger got to do to win? And I'll go first. He's got to finish top five in putting, top five in proximity to the hole. If he does, he can win at Augusta. He's always played well at Augusta, even coming off injuries and soap operas with cars flipping over in the middle of the street and wife finding the other cell phone in his bag. He's always played well at Augusta. Do you expect us to be tuning in on Sunday with a guy in a red shirt in contention? Absolutely. I think he's completely healthy. His iron play is outstanding. He knows those greens as good as anybody. And if he doesn't win the green jacket again, he's won four. He hasn't won in 14 years. He's 42 years old. I'm confident the Tiger Woods will win the Masters again somewhere in the next two to three years. And when he does, it'll be as big as anything that Muhammad Ali, Muhammad Ali has ever accomplished as the greatest boxer or the most acclaimed American athlete of our lifetime. We're that close to that type of comeback story for Tiger Woods. I hope it happens. Yeah, because he'll kill the, the narrative. You know, remember when Kobe, they said he could never win one without Shaq. So he stayed laser focused and made sure he killed that narrative. Tiger Woods hasn't won a major since he cheated on his wife. My wife went through my phone. That's always been the narrative, and he wants to kill that narrative, and I think he will someday too. And I'll tie it into magic as we end episode 10. Tiger would never drive down Magnolia Lane, get out at the butler cabin and say, I'm quitting the Masters, and surprise everyone the way Magic Johnson Uh, got dropped off in the bowels of Staples Center, showed up to the media and said, I'm quitting. I'm leaving the Lakers. The JT and Looney podcast is property of JT and Looney. Any rebroadcast of the JT and Looney podcast without the express written consent of JT, Looney, and Rachel Yucatel is absolutely prohibited. Well, well, actually, if, if you want to use any sound bites from the podcast, we could actually probably use the publicity, right? So should we even say that? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.